Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We will get to Jason Locke and Fora in just a bit. But first, those were the dulcet tones of Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. As, Joe, it looks like Tennessee is pretty much out of uh, any hope in terms of uh, winning the AFC South. But the Jaguars certainly made a statement on Sunday. The Texans may be more of a muted statement, but they still got the win against Kyler Murray. So how do you kind of handicap this division right now? Yeah, now when I hear Mike Vrabel speak, I'm wondering if he's going to be the next coach of the New England Patriots, if something has worked out mm. there. I'm sure uh, Patriots fans would be very happy, and maybe Vrabel wants to get out of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee now 0-6 on the road after that one. Great bounce-back performance. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked good, and we saw it with the legs, too. Four total touchdowns. There was a Calvin Ridley sighting, guys. Gotten to the end He's alive? Twice. Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. I mean, come on. Um, don't be fooled by the box score. This was 27 to nothing. And what I mean by that is some people like bow down to yards per play. Yeah, Titans 6.2 yards per play. It doesn't mean they had a good game offensively because they did. It was all garbage time stuff. So uh, that can fool you a little bit. They shut down Henry. Derrick Henry, 10 rushes for only 38 yards against a team that he typically <laughs> dominates. So, yeah, I mean, the Jaguars were very good in the red zone, almost had 400 total yards. You know, the Titans with Levis, I think this is what we should expect right now. I mean, right around a little, maybe above 200 total yards. Uh, that's where I'm at with the Titans, especially on the road. They have really struggled. They're arguably the worst team in the NFL on the road. Uh, on the Jag side, maybe I was just a week too soon on Trevor Lawrence. I feel like I've said this a few times this season. Like, are the Jags finally going to get things going? Like, I feel like this has happened. It's deja vu. I keep thinking the Jags are going to go on a run. And then they did what they did last week to the Niners, 34-3, to and completely don't show up. And then they're back again. It's just really hard to figure out this Jags team probably somewhere in the middle but at the end of the day I still hope the Texans win that division because I did place that bet so maybe they will be inconsistent this Jags team probably so and it's definitely one of those things where like okay the Jaguars may not look great they may still win the division maybe they look not so good compared with the Texans but given the record and the circumstances they're playing maybe it's just enough and it's not quality it's quantity i guess uh anyway joining us now odyssey nfl insider jason lock and host of the odyssey original podcast in the huddle with brian baldinger and carl dukes covering the entire nfl jason thank you so much for joining us so let me ask you about uh handicapping the afc south jaguars made a huge statement the texans still got the win do you think this is jacksonville's division title to lose or do you feel like the Texans are still threatening Look, Jacksonville has left a little something to be desired for me. Um, that offense hasn't exactly taken off, and, and yesterday was what it was, right? And that, through the prism of their 2023 season, looks like an anomaly. Now they can prove it to be other than that by continuing to get in the end zone with more regularity and not settle for as many field goals and, um, you know, get the passing game revved up to where you feel like multiple people are winning for them. Um downfield but that just hasn't been the reality this year and you know part of me also wonders if that you know that Tennessee team and and the defense in particular just kind of reached their bowling point you know and it's like the season's over and the coach probably wants to be in New England next year 
you know, and the owner's probably more interested in getting her new stadium than she is winning football games right now. And this is three straight on the road. And boy, are we a hopeless, feckless bunch when it comes to playing football away from Nashville. You know, even our fake home games in London are a disaster. So, you know, I I, I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I think it may have also been a Tennessee team just kind of waving the white flag and saying, you know, <laughs> Levis is is very much a project and a work in progress, and we've let a lot of our good players go. And, you know, I, I don't know. It felt like chicken's kind of coming home to roost. So, I, you know, and, and look, Houston to find ways to win, even when the quarterback has moments, multiple moments, where he looks like a rookie, and that's that's going to happen. That happens to every rookie quarterback. But, you know, we, we can win in different ways. He doesn't need to throw five touchdowns every week for us to win. You know, it doesn't have to be Dan Marino's rookie season every week for us to win. I, I, I think there's, you know, th- there's a lot to be gained from that as well. But I also think Arizona is a very flawed team that for some reason people were trying to tell me all, all last week, you know, how great Kyler Murray is, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. I, isn't this the same guy who got everybody fired there, you know, and, like, wanted to play video games more than he wanted to look at his playbook? Like, all that happened, right? Like, now he's the savior. Okay. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting football game. What, what I, what I want to see is if the Houston Texans have now shown us two weeks in a row that they can run the football, which is a big development, and they can get under center, and they can run it old school, and that makes it easier to even, you know, to sell play action even more, obviously, when the quarterback isn't just in the pistol or in the shotgun all the time, which is what most of the league is doing. So, like, if this is now two weeks in a row, like, if that if, if there is something to that, then I'd buy them even more. And they don't give up passing touchdowns. They didn't do it last year even when they weren't a very good defense. They certainly don't do it now with D'Amico Ryans there. Um I think, you know, I think this is a toss-up game. I, I don't have a strong initial lean on it, but uh, I, I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to steamroll Houston. I'll put it that way. I, I don't think they're going to do to them anything close to what they did to Tennessee. Jason, I didn't hear anybody that, that gave the Raiders a chance not to win. I'm just saying to cover the two touchdowns. Cover. I didn't hear one person say, give me the Raiders plus the points. They end up hanging around in that game. So uh, Miami off the bye. People accept them, expect them to steamroll. They don't after the loss to Kansas City uh, in, in the international game. Is it time to be worried about Miami? Well, not if this is how they play defense. And again, this is you know a rookie quarterback on the road on a day when he throws three picks. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey's making highlight real plays. And, um, you know, Jacobs never really got going the way I thought he might there. Like, I certainly saw some scripts where where the Raiders hung around in this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that they would get trucked from the opening snap. Um, You know, Miami's run game and and the health of, of all those parties you know, is obviously going to be a key talking point moving forward. And now they've got a short week against the Jets defense that will probably make life pretty tough on them, at least for three quarters. And then that group might ultimately sort of bow and buckle, right, the way they have if you show that enough stick with it in the run game. And and maybe that thing loosens up in the fourth quarter and Miami pulls away. But I think this, this to me, feels 
um, upcoming, like an under game. And I think if you if you look at Miami, and this is sound crazy to say this because they played a ninety point game, you know, six weeks ago. I think they're becoming an under team, and and I think when they play better teams, uh, they they have to I think be led by their defense right about now. And and you know maybe maybe some things are congealing there, and Vic Fangio's message is getting through a little better, and they're certainly healthier. They're healthier on the back end. They're healthier from a pass rush standpoint. So I I, I just think. Like, they're not, you know, they weren't going to have 520 yards every home game this year. They weren't going to score 44 points on everybody they played at home. Um, can they, can can Tua manage games and then win, you know, can they, they win the kind of game they lost in Germany, right? Can can that sort of, can they win 2023, 24, 21? Um, maybe, you know, maybe, but I don't, obviously, I, I, I don't think they're hanging 40 on everybody every week. I, I, I think that's over. Mm. Brock Purdy had a three touchdown performance as they took care of the Bucks, and then the Rams had that comeback win to beat the Seahawks. So the Niners and the uh, Seahawks, rather, they face off on Thanksgiving. Curious your thoughts, just how you rate Brock Purdy. I know it's sort of a controversial pick to put money on him for MVP, but then he kind of backs it up last week. So where are you at with Brock Purdy and this Niners team? I think it's a hard argument to make for him for MVP where he's one thing with the Hall of Fame left tackle and he's another thing without him. I just think that's a tough needle to thread. Um, but him at home against blitz-heavy defenses all day long, and Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to know that I'm not going to bang my head against the wall, you know, 30 times with a defense that gives up three yards of carry or whatever. I'm, I'm, going, to, um, I'm going to feature a whole bunch of different people catching the football and um uh yeah that I, look i i i thought they'd score into the 30s i i certainly played them jumped on that 26 and a half when it was available as a team total for the 49ers early in the week um so i didn't have to sweat out the 27 and a half and i think it might have got up to 28 by kickoff and they probably should have gone over that number but you know it that's fine the tampa had a couple long possession drives there uh but no, Purdy was throwing for 300 yards in that game, and a bunch of people were going to eat in the passing game. Um, that Bucks defense is is not good. And I, I look, Seattle on the road is a little tougher, certainly, and Seattle can rush the quarterback a little bit for sure. But I don't think Seattle's as good as its record. And now a short week, and Kenneth Walker and Geno in doubt. Um, Purdy played there last year. He didn't light up the scoreboard. But he protected the football. He threw a couple touchdowns. He had a super high efficiency rating, um, you know, passer rating, uh, completion percentage were all really high. And I think he'll do that kind of thing again. And, it, you know, as early this morning, you can still find it, um, six and a half. I don't know if it's seven everywhere. I played it at six and a half last night. I, I think San Francisco is more than a touchdown better than them right now, as healthy as San Francisco is and as beat up as Seattle is, um, I, I think you're going to have a hard time holding that offense under the 27-28 threshold, and I don't think I don't think Seattle gets above 16-17 on this defense right now. Um, the defense has got its mojo and swagger back in a big way, and if it's Drew Locke, forget about it. <laughs> Monday Night Football, Eagles, Chiefs, KC 2.5 point favorite, total of 45.5. What are you playing here? 
You know, I, I like a lot of the props more than I love this game. Um, I would, you know, look, I'll, I'll lean to, and I've made a small wager on Kansas City laying the two and a half because it's Andy Reid at home coming off a bye with all that time to prepare for an opponent um, and, and tweak some things, right, offensively and maybe get that a little more geared up than it's been. I could, I could see this game being like the game the Chiefs just played in Germany. I could also I could also see a, a scenario, excuse me, where if Kansas City does make adjustments early and they come out and score on the first two drives, then and we know the Eagles can quick strike as well. I, I could see this thing, you know, both teams getting around 30. I don't know if it's going to be 35, 38 again. Um, so I don't I I don't love it from a total perspective. Um, I, I look I think Patrick Mahomes is going to run the ball five times or more in this game. I love Hurts to get over his eight and a half um, carries. I love an anytime touchdown for Hurts. Um, you know that kind of stuff I'm on. I think Kelsey has a game. Um, I think Kelsey has a touchdown. Uh, the Eagles have had their issues defending tight ends for sure, um, and just any you know receivers of all sizes and shapes coming out of the slot. Um, so yeah, that's sort of where where I am on it. Um, I, I I don't love it as much as some of the other games on this card, um, but I I will buy into you know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in this kind of situation finding a way to win by a field goal or more. Certainly the the Chiefs have the better defense and I don't even know that it's it's all that close given the Eagles woes defending the pass right now so that ultimately is kind of why I'm leaning the way I am Jason if you could only fire one head coach today is it Rivera Staley or Eberflus man tough one for me None of them should have been coaching their teams at the start of the season. You know, retroactively, I'd have fired them all last year, and that's not even like that's not hyperbole or exaggeration. The Ron, I think it's prop for me of those three right now. It's Ron Rivera because they have a new owner, and because he's been there so long, and because he reeks of the kind of stuff the old owner did, you know, and he's had a good long run there, but. And I'm not saying the enemy's the answer or whatever, but I also don't like the way he handled Rivera some things early in this season. Some of the things he says, the way he casually throws people under the bus, how cavalier and nonchalant he is about, you know, some game management things. I mean, he didn't even know whether or not they qualified for the playoffs. You know, he didn't know when they were eliminated from the playoffs last year. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's a sea change there, right? And enough's enough. And and also, I would get rid of him just because he stuck with Del Rio like this, which is, you know, getting carved up by DeVito. I don't care if you turn the ball over ten times. That cat can't be strutting on a three-touchdown game on you. Like, yeah, that's got to, you know, that we know what he is. He's been, you know what I mean? It's not a guy coaching the team for the first time like Staley or Eberflus. Yeah, Harris needs to end that now. Good stuff, Jason. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. That was Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The SpecQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we will continue our conversation concerning Chiefs and Eagles, and we'll look at it from a futures standpoint. That's right here on the BetQL Network.